Hello, modsters. This episode of Masters of Divinity is brought to you by Tomoa Ame. It's the candy with the wrapper that dissolves in your mouth. It's delicious. It's gone. This is the magic of Tomoe. Amazing. Uh, hello, and welcome to Masters of Divinity. I am your moderator, JP. What? You are you are not a moderator today, sir. Oh. You are our sensei. I am your sensei, JP. And I am also here with Father Chuck, who was supposed to be representing Eagle Fang Dojo. Right. I listen. Uh, one of my kids had the the, the final uh, chicken pox vaccine last night, and uh, oh. seriously slept in this morning, and so rushing out of the house to get them to school. And then I I got here and I realized I left my headphones and my Eagle Fang karate t-shirt, which I'm very upset that I I, I left that because it's it is awesome. Yeah. Occasional Matt got us. Occasionally I got us karate <clears throat> kid shirts, Cobra Kai shirts. I got my Cobra Kai. Uh, Chuck got Eagle Fang, and he got Miyagi-Do for himself, which he will probably be here later, and you'll get to see him in his Miyagi-Do t-shirt. It'll be Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do facing it down and doing media analysis soon. So so based off of where we are now, that means that you're Kreese, and I'm Johnny, and he's Daniel, and so like maybe that's why we won't be probably on the same episode at the same time, because the rivalry doesn't allow us to work together. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, I can't do Chris. I don't think I'm that mean. Like, I'm just not. I'm just not a bastard. Like, he's a bad dude. He is. He he went full uh, Max Katie. I don't know if you've ever seen Kate Fear. No. No. It's all about like a dude just who's just like psychotic and tormenting his family, but he's doing it like legally, so like they can't do anything. And mm. they try to like. It's it's all about like pushing him to do like bad things to like retaliate against him, but like they could get in trouble. It's. It's all just like cat and mouse. And like, Kreese kind of became that in season three, putting cobras in Daniel's dealership. Um, or I don't know. We don't know if they're cobras, but they were definitely snakes. That's, that's a Max Katie move, if you ask me. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, I don't think it was a cobra. I think it was actually a reticulated python. Um, but we'll get into that. We will, yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves. I know. We really are. In this episode, if you can't tell, we are talking about Cobra Kai. Remember a lesson about the balance. A lesson not just karate only. Lesson for all life. I'm gonna teach you the style of karate that was taught to me. You're gonna be my karate teacher? No. I'm gonna be your sensei. You'll build strength, you'll learn discipline, and when the time is right, you'll strike back. I don't know why you'd ever want to bring back Cobra Kai. What, you looking to take karate? That's my dad. You could still make something of yourself. Like your old pal Daniel LaRusso? Trying to believe, yeah, we know it gets rough, but you gotta 
You want to stick around? Learn a few things? Miyagi-Do is about defending yourself and protecting others. Hey, Sensei, is there any particular way you want me to wash these windows? Nah, I don't give a shit. Are you loser? No, Sensei! Are you nerds? No, Sensei! Are you sure? No, Sensei! You have the potential to be better than I ever was. Show them what you got. You want to finish this? Cut. All right, we get it? I think so. And put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet! Mr. Miyagi treated me like a son. He wouldn't keep any secrets from me. Are you sure about that? Cobra Kai, if you are, if you are not familiar, is a spin-off of the uh, classic Karate Kid film series uh, that somehow works. Um, it shouldn't. <laughs> I don't think anyone expected that, expected it to be as good as it is, uh, but it was. Anyway, it's about... Uh, Johnny Lawrence, who was the main protagonist in The Karate Kid, uh, he was sort of the, he was the blonde bully, and um, it's about him several years later. What forty years later? God, such a long time ago. Uh, the story kind of picks up with him and his life, and now he's sort of like uh, become very old and washed up, and sort of living in the shadow of uh, his his former life as a star karate champ in Reseda, California. Uh, a place where karate is very popular, apparently. Spoilers for you if you've not yet seen season three. Yeah, this is going to be one of those episodes where we uh, kind of talk about sort of the franchise as like an entity and sort of general talk and whatnot. So there will definitely be a lot of uh, spoilers. So if you haven't watched season three, which is streaming on Netflix right now, check it out. And come back and listen to us. The first thing I kind of want to talk about, Chuck, and I think a kind of a good way, play to, place to start when talking about Cobra Kai is the Karate Kid movies. Yes. Um, how do you feel about the Karate Kid movies? I feel like you might be a huge fan of Karate Kid Part Two. I, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about this, and I'm, I, I feel very strong certainty that the Karate Kid 2 was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. And I'm trying to think about my early theater-going experiences, and I feel like Karate Kid 2 is, it, it, if, if not the first, it's it's among the first movies I ever saw. Yeah. Um, and so I have a very, very, a very deep affinity for that film. Um, I remember uh, vaguely the animated show. Um, I had some of the toys. I had Daniel that could chop the glass. Right. Um, I had... Um, yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure I saw Karate Kid 3, but I have very little memories of that movie. Like, I, 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 I have not, if I've seen it, I've not seen it since I was a child. But yes, Karate Kid 2, deep love in my heart for that movie. Um, I've since, uh, of course, watched the first one multiple times and, and have really come to appreciate its Rocky-esque storytelling. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the, just the wonderful, the wonderful pop culture figure that is Mr. Miyagi that was introduced through those films that holds a level for guys of our generation, I think, almost akin to Yoda. 
Oh yeah, as just like a source of wisdom and 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 depth. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, him, and like uh, Doc Brown from Back to the Future. They kind of embody man. that that kind of person we all kind of wish we have we ha- we had in our lives, right? That one mentor. Yeah, it's like it's like Yoda and Miyagi were sort of like you know your your two granddads. Yeah, and then Doc Brown was that uncle. <laughs> right. That also dispense wisdom, but he's a bit wacky. Right. So yeah, I love I love uh, I love Karate Kid too. Um, Live or Die Man uh, <laughs> is 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 a regular part of my vernacular. Uh, the the drum is yeah. also. I had one of those drums after that movie. Fun trivia: I live where they filmed it. That's cool. They, I found out they filmed it in Oahu because they couldn't film in Okinawa because I guess the area where they wanted to film there was too much of a military presence and there was some deal with 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 that so they uh they opted instead to build an okinawan village um on the windward side of oahu and so i've been by the area where they filmed uh karate kid too so it's kind of it's kind of weird to like one of my earliest childhood memories i i live where that movie took place so like sick i live where they filmed jurassic park and karate kid too it's kind of nice so it's not a it's not a strip mall it's not a strip mall no (laughs) (laughs) that's good um, uh, well, cool. So yeah. you, you haven't seen uh, the next Karate Kid with the no, Hillary that Swank? was definitely no. It's I'll get into it. Uh, <laughs> what about the remake? Did you ever see the remake? I did see the remake. Yeah, I was annoyed by the remake because um, they they don't do karate in it. It's kung fu, and I understand they're originally going to call it the Kung Fu Kid. Yeah, but then they were like, well, but it's all about the name recognition of Karate Kid, so they just rebranded it as like a karate kid remake despite that though actually a very entertaining movie yeah um, one of the most wicked children of all time <laughs> cast as the villain in that film jackie chan is great in that kind of miyagi role and um he really took that role seriously like yeah, he, he really did. he really committed to mm-hmm. that role yeah i actually really enjoyed i really enjoyed uh do we just call it the karate kid is that what it's called i guess so well, and, and also just on a personal, because the influence of that from my childhood, I also, in my teenage years, took several years of martial arts mm-hmm. um, in an Okinawan style. So ah, cool. Even when I watch like the show, like it, I, I, it kind of makes me want to get back into it. I miss, I miss that. Yeah, it it still kind of does that to me too. Like I want to take karate. Like <laughs> after all these years, they still make it look cool. Even though, like, we we're, we live in in a post MMA world, where we just kind of all sort of learn that oh, this is probably not as effective as we all thought it was. And, uh. <laughs> well, let me just say that for me, the thing about about learning about learning karate was I actually took it because I was being bullied, and I thought I I, I could learn something to help me fight. And the first lesson I learned was how not to fight. Right. And what I actually really gravitated to when I took karate was the ways and it was the the bigger discipline piece of it um and the tradition around it i like that way more i mean you know i i had the benefit though of it was a guy at my church who he had studied at a small school in okinawa and he taught me and it started out i was his first student in his new dojo that he was building and so the dojo wasn't done yet and so my first classes were just he and i in his garage at his house Hmm. and so it just felt very much like that Daniel Miyagi thing just you know you're not learning it in the you know the real sort of you know conventional sense right and um, um, then of course he built the dojo and I got to know some of the other students from the from the the style and the and the the organization that they were under which is a very small group called the International Karate Kabuto Union and um, 
um, it was a very cool experience. Um, I never learned to spar or anything like that, but it was very cool just learning like kata and going through the tradition of, of it all that I think actually wound up benefiting me as a surfer years later, but that is another conversation, I think. But hmm. How, what, what, what belt did you get up to? Uh, so the system that we had at the time was you started as a white belt and then you got a and then you got a purple belt and then green and then you got a black stripe on your green belt and then after that you got a brown belt and then multiple stripes on your brown belt and all that. The other thing that they did is that it was not just based on your knowledge, it was also some of some of your belts were based on time. Like you had to have the belt for so many years hmm. before you could progress to the next. So I just I just want to couch that that the belt system there wasn't so much built just entirely on skill, but also on like this older discipline that they came up with. Like seniority. And, yeah. yeah. And so I managed to get to that second level green belt, um, which was the first step. Well, see, that, that was just in bare hand. Um, with weapons, I got to my purple belt. Um, when I quit karate, I was learning to use Tanfa, I think. Um, and maybe side, which are like, like the, I, the nightsticks, right? Like, yeah. Okay. And, um, but I used a bow for the first, for most of my early karate or uh, the weapons training. Um, I was good at it. I enjoyed it. I got a car and then like <laughs> other things got my attention. <laughs> yeah. You had a much cooler experience than I did, but I want to talk about my, my feelings on the karate kid movies. Yes. You need to do that. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely loved them when I was, like, a very young child. Definitely exposed me to, like, you know, martial arts, especially, like, martial arts cinema. And I think you're right about Miyagi. Miyagi was, like, super, like, important to me. Sort of in the same way Doc Brown was, or, like, Yoda, Obi-Wan Kenobi, those kinds of those kinds of characters where you sort of are mystified by their wisdom and their knowledge and... Uh, patience with these very brash characters that they're stuck with. I was always really creeped out by just like all the bullies in those movies. Like, because they always made them super aggro. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I, I love the first one. I love the, the second one. The third one um, was a really weird movie for me when I was a kid. In fact, you know what? That's the one that sticks with me the most, to be honest, whenever I think about The Karate Kid, because I think that was the one where, like, I was a bit older, and so, like, I could, you know, actively pursue watching movies. And the storytelling in that movie of, like, this kid who you kind of idolize, or in the same way you idolize, like, M Marty from Back to the Future, um, Daniel LaRusso, just to kind of watch him be like, okay, he's like the good guy. He's like the ultimate good guy. And then to like, and part three is all about like, like Cobra Kai comes back and like, they want to like kind of turn him to the dark side. And they, they kind of end up doing that. He like breaks a dude's nose in a dance club and he be, kind of becomes Cobra Kai, but without like wearing the uniform. And I remember watching that and being like really like kind of disturbed by it at a, at a young age. And then sort of watching it, come around in that movie watching Miyagi forgive him and then like continue to train him and stuff and then overcome his enemies like that was kind of a prof I think that kind of had a little bit of a profound effect on me as a kid uh, in terms of storytelling I've never really seen redemption before I think I think it was the first time I've ever been re re uh, 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 exposed to the idea of redemption 
mm-hmm. without even knowing like what it actually is. But like, <clears throat> yeah, like sometimes friends or students can have falling outs and, you know, coming back is not a bad thing. And, you know, the, the way Miyagi, I always found it, even to this day, not a, here's the thing, back, uh, Karate, I want to say Back Future 3, the Karate Kid Part 3, I don't think it's a very good movie. <laughs> but like Cobra Kai, the storytelling really works. Um, it's a good story. It's just kind of poorly made. Um, because Ralph Macchio is not good in that movie. Because uh, he is definitely getting older, you can tell. He's not really a karate kid anymore. Um, and then Miyagi, uh, Pat Morita, he still does pr- pretty well. But like at this, at this time, it's like it, the performance is kind of becoming one note. But like I said, there's a really effective story of redemption happening. And I think that had a really profound effect on me when I was a kid. That's why I like that. And uh, next Karate Kid, uh, I saw, of course, many times as a kid. Uh, it's a bad movie. Just all around, just awful movie. Terrible movie. Um, Hilary Swank. I mean, everyone is trying. It's not very good. Uh, the most entertaining thing that happens in that movie is when she goes, was when Miyagi takes her to like a Zen Buddha monastery. Uh, and she plays, and she starts doing her kata. She does her kata to the Cranberries um, song uh, that was really popular at the time. Huh? Um not zo- was it zombie? Or- no, 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 not zombie. Uh, the really popular one that played <clears throat> all the time, dreams uh, or something, yeah, or dreams, yeah. the really lyrical one. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. She does her kata to the, and then the monks come in, and they're like acting like they've never seen a radio before, and then they start doing their own little dance to the cranberries. <laughs> That's the only entertaining part in that entire movie. Uh, then they come to visit her at home. They go bowling. Um. Yeah, and then she gets in a fight with Michael Ironside. Or no, Miyagi fights Michael Ironside. And it's like the worst fight I've ever seen in my life. Uh, because, again, Pam Morita was very old at that time. And Michael Ironside, you could tell they didn't like train him any kind of choreography. <laughs> so he's just like <laughs> pretending to get beaten up by this old man. Like he really has to sell. He's like getting beat up. It's awful. Awful movie. And you haven't even brought up, You haven't even brought up the best part of the movie. Uh, was it the Falcon that she yes. she looks after a hawk? She, yeah, she looks after an injured hawk uh, in her school for some reason. <laughs> I, I don't really know. I don't get it. I don't really understand the metaphor. Um, it's like Richie Tenenbaum. She's just got a yeah. She keeps it in the school. Uh, somehow the maintenance people don't find it. Um, she lets her hunky boyfriend crush, who works at the train station, it all takes place in Boston. I think that's another reason why it's bad. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, Miyagi heals the Falcon, of course, uh, with his, you know, yeah, and it flies away. Shit, I'm, I gotta get used to this giant microphone in my face. I don't know what to do with my hands because they can see my hands now, and they look huge with this camera. Look how big my hands are. <laughs> they look like strong hands. JP. I know, super big. Strong hands. <laughs> we gotta talk about Never Ending Story one day. Yes. Yes, we <laughs> Anyway, uh, next Karate Kid sucks, don't, uh, but you should watch it because they're probably gonna get Hillary Swank to come in and cover Kai. Uh, that's, that's the scuttlebutt. I, 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 I just want, I, I want Michael Ironsides to show up. <laughs> I'll watch anything with that man in it. 
You know, I don't think it's going to happen because last I heard, he's in really bad health. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Like, I think I heard him on a podcast like four years ago, and apparently he had suffered a heart attack or something or a stroke. I don't know if he's really doing anything anymore. Here's what they do. Just um, bring in Michael Bean as like his character and just sort of pretend <laughs> that they're the same guy. I'm for it, bro. Michael Bean was so awesome in The Mandalorian. He was good, dude. He was so good. But yeah, <clears> so <throat> those are my thoughts on Karate Kid. I loved it as a kid. Definitely inspired my karate. Definitely uh, started wearing headbands a lot. <clears throat> um, the crane kick. Who didn't do the crane kick when they were kids against their friends and cousins? Not an actual karate move, by the way. They sort of just made that up for the movie. Makes sense, because it's a horrible move, when you think about it, <laughs> to your broadcasting uh, your, your, to your opponent, that you're going to kick them in the face. Well, and the other thing that you're doing is, one of the things in, in, in all martial arts that you want to do is you want to, re- you want to protect your sides, because that's an area of getting punched that can really like di- you know yeah. disable you. And you leave yourself so vulnerable and open. Plus, you're on one foot. I mean... Yeah. One kick to the chest and you're done. And what's really funny is when you watch the first one and he starts doing the, the crane kick, like Johnny's like mem- mesmerized by it <laughs> at first. Like what, He looks like, what is he doing? And what's even funnier, they double down on that in Karate Kid Part 3 when he starts doing the kata in the middle of the tournament and Barnes is like, just like, doesn't know what to do. He's like, what's, what's happening? Like he's winning. Barnes is winning and Daniel starts doing the kata and he doesn't know what to do. He's like, oh, what do I do? Like hit him. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm Cobra well, I, Kai. I'm pissed off. And I love that they use the. I love that the. I love they use the crane kick in the first season of Cobra Kai. They do, yeah, and it works. And it's great. It's so funny. And they talk about it being an illegal kick and that whole thing. I just, I love that. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment because yeah. the, the the conventions of what they've done with Cobra Kai, I think, are brilliant. Right. Um, but I, I want to note too. You're talking about the influence that those movies have had on you, and I, I touched on it a little bit myself too. But I just, want, I, it just reminded me that I think for me too, it influenced like my spirituality in a weird way. Hmm. You know, because Miyagi is you know that whole like Zen patience and that whole you know trimming bonsai trees and that whole yeah. thing. Like I, I think that that's really kind of influenced the sort of way that I understand my Christian faith in that more. Like, you know, like, I don't want to say, like, the mystical side of Christianity, because everyone I know who talks about it that way are, like, not helpful. I mean, it's but, still, it's, 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 it's spiritual. Like, it's, it's sort of like yeah. the raw definition of what spirituality is. It's, there's a sort of peace that comes with it, you know? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I think that, I think, you know, seeing Karate Kid 2 in particular, such a young age, I think it had that impact on me. It's probably also what made me into like a Japanophile person too. Oh, you think? You think a little bit, maybe? I think it might be it. I think, I think the credit kid too is the reason. Uh, so, okay, let's get in, let's, let's get into it. Let's get into Cobra Kai. Yes. Never die. Strike hard, strike first, no mercy. Exactly. How did you feel about Cobra Kai when you first heard about it, Chuck? And how does that compare to, to how you feel about it now? I, when I first heard about it, I thought this. I thought it was going to be terrible but entertaining. That's really what I thought. Like I was like, I totally, I'll totally check it out. When I heard the concept of what they were doing, I said, okay. Like at first, I thought, oh, they're trying to be edgy or you know whatever. By oh, okay, we're doing this. Um, but then I found out that Zabka and Machio were involved, and that really piqued my interest. That they're bringing them back, and I thought, okay. And then the first trailer came out, 
and I watched it and I said, I have to see this. Like, it's not, I think I even messaged you and I said, this is, there's no way this is going to be good. I'm pretty sure all three of us were messaging each other. Like, can you believe this is happening? <laughs> yeah. And that YouTube had it because it was, it was the first, uh, YouTube red, one of the first YouTube red original. Yeah. It was one of their big, uh, it was like the, it was their big sort of, uh, premium thing they were getting. Everything else yeah. was made by YouTubers. It was awful, but this is like their first like original thing, a big franchise. And- and it just so happened that around the time they made it, my kids, you know, of course, were watching YouTube videos and we were getting kind of, you know, we were bothered by the you know, the kind of advertising and things that they might see. And so Kane and I were like, well, you know, we use YouTube a lot with our kids. And so we should we should probably pay for the premium to avoid the advertising so that we can, you know, we can, you know, have a little bit of grasp on what they do. And I was like, the benefit it and the bonus of that is I get to watch Cobra Kai. So yeah. um, so what was it? First three episodes came out. I guess the whole season jumped dumped at the same time. Right. But I watched it, the, I, 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 and I was mesmerized after the first. Like I had, I think, I, I think I may have binged the whole show the first night, or at least close to it. I was blown away at how they successfully inverted the storyline. I thought it was, I thought it was really brilliant to sort of put Johnny in the Miyagi role. Right. Um, I immediately loved the character of Miguel. I thought it was a really great callback to uh, Daniel was in, uh, in the first movie, but like a little more innocent mm-hmm. and definitely way more nerdy. Yeah. Um, I definitely appreciated the way that they handled it as like Johnny sees these nerd kids and he's like, I'm just going to kind of take these misfit nerd kids in and toughen them up a little bit because, right. you know, as he said, this whole, like, you know, this is sort of like, snowflake generation they need a little bit of tough love or whatever and i just kind of thought that was very entertaining and i thought they were kind of handling that fairly well even though obviously he took it to some extremes the story arc in the first season of hawk eli is amazing i think the best moment of that first season is when is the is now the noted flip the script moment Right. Where he shows up with his mohawk and his tattoos and has just become like (laughs) became the best character of the season totally um and I, I just fell in love with the show. I, I think I think I was messaging with you and Keelan. I think after watching, I said, "There's no th- th- this show is so much better than it deserves to be. I mean, it really should not be good, right? But it is so good, and the storytelling is so good, um, and the way that it handles failure and." you know, coming to terms with one's past and addressing that things are both, you know, that there's good things and bad things in one's past, but they both serve to make you who you are today and learning to embrace it rather than run from it. I mean, it's just some really great deep storytelling for a show that's as ridiculous a premise as it is, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I love it. I love it. It's, I, it's easily my favorite television show. Um, right now. I mean, it really is up there for me is sort of a toss up between this and the Mandalorian of the best shows I've watched this year. Um, cool. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I could just go on and we'll go on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same way, you know, the first time I heard about it, I was like, Oh geez. Like I, I just, I wasn't interested at at all. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone's kind of, capitalizing the legacy sequel, right? That's kind of, that was yeah. kind of becoming the big new thing because of the force awakens and stuff. Um, 
And I just like no interest. When then I then I heard it was going to be on YouTube. I'm like, okay, this is going to be like a disaster because if anyone follows YouTube, they know that those original that original stuff that they were creating, those shows and movies they were creating, starring YouTubers, were like terrible. Um, and then I saw the trailer for it, and I was like, kind of afraid to admit that I'm intrigued now. <laughs> and I think it was because they just. Well, for one, I think a really big and very good decision was including Ralph Macchio. Because um, as much as a, 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 as as good as uh, Zabka is as Johnny, uh, and as interesting as his character is, it, it it would feel weird without Ralph Macchio. It would feel weird without Daniel Sun. He's kind of part of the legacy of that whole story. It would be bold to do without him, but like to include him, like oh, okay, this is interesting. I could probably get into this. Um, and you know, like I said, I was moved by the trailer. I watched the first three episodes because they were free on YouTube, and I got really into it. I was like, wow, how how do they do this? I don't get it. Like, it it looks and feels like a college humor joke. Yeah. Uh, skit someone made. Um, but the story works. The characters have uh, are, work well off of one another. Uh, people have chemistry, even though some of the acting is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but even then, it, it just it just works, and I think it's because people are really committing to it. I think this is sort of working in the same way, not completely the same, but on a different way, on, a, on the same wavelength as uh, Lord and Miller's Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, um, I think Twenty One Jump Street is a little bit more self aware. Uh, a little more of an outright comedy, uh, because that was like their whole thing. We're going to take this serious thing and turn it into uh, just like outright comedy. Um, but it's it's doing the same thing, the same techniques. So it's like we're going to like take the story seriously um, and contribute to it and add to it and make the characters likable and funny. And we're not just going to use nostalgia as like the thing we're propping this all up on. Even though <laughs> the flashbacks are a little, uh, just uh, there's too many of them. Uh, I, I, but at the same time, like I, it's I can't I can't help but to think that these show, showrunners have to know that whenever like Daniel is looking at something and then a flashback is happening next to his head, I can't help but to think that they know it's funny. Yeah, like they have to know I'm laughing at this. Like it's that it's ridiculous. <laughs> I just I really grew it. The first season I, I thought it was I thought it was really good. I, I liked the story. I didn't really like how they recreated the whole like tournament thing. Cause whatever, it was fine though. It worked. Um, I was just really into it because I liked watching it because it was like watching. I liked watching Daniel's character the most in that one because he's he's a douche. Like <laughs> he's yeah. he's kind of a, he's he's just become, you know he's he's not quite Johnny but like it's almost as if he's kind of forgotten like humility and stuff. And when Cobra Kai comes back, he gets like kind of freaked out about it. Um, and then the second season was just like, just banging in all cylinders, uh, ending with that big high school brawl. I was just like, my mouth was like open. Like, why are you, this is awesome. I don't even think that, um, if they were, if they kept making karate kid movies, they would not have arrived at this. You know what I mean? Like it had right. to be a show to get here, and I'm so glad that they did it. 
and um, bold and bold to do it by the way in the current climate around like violence in high schools oh yeah there he is matt welcome hi representing miyagi-do oh yeah that's <laughs> I'm, such, I'm such a loser like i feel i love that you're the loser like <laughs> i feel like i feel like the guy who uh i feel like that that comedian who with the famous photo of her dressed up like a Babadook at a Halloween yeah. <laughs> party where nobody else is dressed up. Yeah, that's pretty funny. It's like then someone made the opposite, right? Yeah, I showed Everybody up to a Babadook party Babadook. and everyone was dressed as Babadook. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's okay. We'll forgive you, Chuck. Um, but anyway, so I, I won't. I, I'll just beat you up in the street because that's what I learned from my show. <laughs> That's Actually, a very Cobra Kai move. Of all of us, Matt's the one who could totally beat me up. Because <laughs> that, he actually right. has like recent training. Uh, Matt, we were, just, we were just going over how we felt about Cobra Kai when we first heard about it compared to how we feel about it now. And I was just saying how like... Well, I've, I've told you how I felt about it, but I'm about, to t- I'm about to talk about how I feel about it now. Um, anyway, I, I think it's great. I think it's a fun... I think it's a really fun show. I don't think it's super well made from like a technique standpoint, but I don't think TV has to be. I think TV just has to be good storytelling. And I think this is good storytelling. And I think that um, it's just people having fun with characters that they grew up with. And uh, I love Johnny Lawrence. I love Cobra Kai. Um, I support Johnny Lawrence and everything he does. Um, He is my new sensei. Then you don't love Cobra Kai, don't lie. <laughs> so glad that you're here, dude. Uh, let me ask you if you're ready to jump in. Oh, sure. How, Let's jump. How did you feel about Cobra Kai when you first heard about it? And how does that compare to how you feel about it now? When I first heard about it, I had a crush. Then I met it and I fell in love. <laughs> and now we're in the honeymoon phase of our marriage. Now, let me, I, you guys, let me real quick. Can I ask? Did you guys both watch it on YouTube, or did you recently binge the whole thing through Netflix? The first season, right when it came out, I signed up for the free trial of YouTube Red, and mm-hmm. um, quickly learned that was dumb because it came out like spread out. So, watched the few episodes before my trial ran out, and then waited and got another free trial, and watched the second half of season one and all of season two twice because I then told my wife, oh, you should watch this, and had to rewatch seasons one and two with her. And then we both b- flew through season three. <laughs> I did too. Yeah, I watched it all in one day. One sitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I watched the first three episodes because they were released free on YouTube. And then uh, I didn't watch it for like quite some time. And then I had to house it for my, my aunt who had the premium YouTube service. And so I was like, so- oh, so I watched both seasons uh, while so, I house it for her, and then I watched the so third I, one recently. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. But so, so you're asking, you're asking how I felt, and based on what you said, JP, I just wanted to comment that I would argue it is great TV, but it's great TV from back in the day before we had like Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, and before TV became movies. If this came out like in the 90s, forget it. We would have been like, this is the greatest thing ever made. Because I think this show nails nostalgia the way it should be. Yeah. Um, Nails it dead on. And it 
feeds you everything you want, but in a way that is exactly what everything we said was a problem with nostalgia is, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, not in this. Um, Yeah, I think it avoids a lot of what I think people sort of criticize, you know, Star Wars for, which is like, you see a Mandalorian show up. And no one says anything. And we're all just, and the music swells and we're all just supposed to be like, oh, that's, that's the Boba Fett helmet. We know that that's cool. Like well, that resonates with us. Right. I don't think they really do that in Cobra Kai. Like they, no, they, he, they develop stuff. Well, and I will say in the moments where they do, you know, to use a great South Park phrase, whenever they do member berries type stuff yeah. in Cobra Kai, it's always, super- I don't know what that means. So there's an episode of South Park that criticizes nostalgia and pop culture, and they refer to them as member berries. And there's these like like, little grape looking things that talk and they say member ATATs, member (laughs) Ewoks. It's just a joke about like how they'll throw stuff on a screen and be like, hey, remember that? And you're like, oh, yeah. And that's like, that's it. That's the that's that's the point of the reference. Um, I think like in season three of Cobra Kai is a great incident of this where Daniel Zinokanawa and he and, Kumi, he and Kumiko are at this bar, and you see the blocks of ice that yeah. he broke, and then you see a guy chip off the ice for a glass. So it's like, oh, here's a callback. Here's something you remember, but we're not just doing it for the, like, oh, now Daniel's going to break the ice, right? It's, it's actually, again, it sort of takes the, you know, takes the piss out of it. No, and let's, and let's, let's, let's back it up a little more. And Daniel lands in Okinawa, and he's traveling to the city, and yeah, he's having his he's having his flashbacks of the village and the little kids playing. Now, nostalgia, he would have showed up to this little village and had this deep moment. Instead, he shows up to the Gap and Red Lobster. <laughs> it's it's amazing, and the whole village is just a shopping center. It, or it's like, city, it's it's a city place down in yeah. West Palm Beach. It's <laughs> Which, well, Rosemary Square now, Matt. Oh yeah, well, whatever. I can't keep up. I I, it's I don't know. at its best, but it, it is. But I I do think it's kind of strange that the writers were just okay with being like, and they're cool with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gentrification is good. Yeah. The um the other good one uh, like that is in the first season where um when um Miguel is cleaning the glass um that shows from the office to the dojo and he's asking Johnny, he's like, is there a particular way I should be doing this? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that leads me to my next point that I mentioned to you guys. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about Johnny played by William Zabka made the role famous. One of the, he's one of the, I think he's one of the most, uh, one of the most iconic pop villains from the eighties. I think. Yeah. Uh, him in his skeleton costume and that, that <laughs> headband uh and just like uh, just just a great jerk you know but even you, even you love Allie, it, it, Allie, right yeah and, right even yeah. Allie showing up and making fun of his skeleton pajamas though like <laughs> i just i love it love it but go ahead jp sorry yeah um do you do you think he carries the show well i think so no my goodness i think that from the first episode, the second it started, and it shows the the genius of using a, a, an actual cut scene from the original Karate Kid that shows 
um, Johnny take the foot to the face, which I heard a great thing. The person who made the episode was talking about how in the original movie, the reason they didn't show that is it made Daniel seem too mean to show this close up of him like smashing Johnny's face with his foot. It made it seem too rough, too mean for a character that they're like, it's the underdog they wanted to win. So when they were making this show, they're like, oh, my gosh, we've got the perfect shot. It's the same kick from a different angle, and it takes it from this heroic moment to this, like, brutal beating this guy to the floor. And then it transitions to him, the drunk in bed. The second that happened, I was like, I'm in on this show. So you're you're blowing my mind right now because I didn't know know that was a cut uh, take from the original Mm -hmm. Karate Kid. I always wondered, like, how they got that shot because it's, like, really good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no they thought it was too violent for the original one and it made daniel's character seem too cruel so huh. they pulled back the camera and instead we get this far off shot of daniel right. kicking him it's a wide um, shot and yeah. they yeah and they brought the uh close-up back for this to show the other character's point of view this brutal moment where he was beaten down and literally stayed beaten down until 30 years later when we're reintroduced to this character um well, let's it's also let's acknowledge that the entire plot of this show is based on a, a a joke from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, which is that that Johnny was the Karate Kid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that Daniel was the bully, and I think I, I feel like that 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 clearly brought up into people's minds this idea that oh yeah, like like with Star Wars, it really is like a matter of point of view, and how do we how do we look at this from a different perspective? That's the thing I think is brilliant about this show is especially by the time you get to the end of the third season, it isn't broken down into black and white anymore. It's actually very, very gray. And this realization that, you know, both, and it takes Ali to help them realize that, you know, she, she said, there's, you know, there's truth, this, you know, there's your perspective, your perspective in the middle truth. And I thought it was just brilliant. That was brilliant writing and the way they've handled that. There's a video online where um, where the two of them sit down and they watch the, these clips from the original movie and from the show, and it's just like three-minute video of talking about that, where they're kind of joking around playing on who's really the bully. And it shows a scene from Cobra Kai where Johnny recounts the beach and where Allie, he's like, I just pull up with my friends and my girlfriend's there and this guy's hitting on her making moves. And I come over and I'm like, hey, man, cut it out and kind of push him away. And he sucker punches me in the face. Daniel's a jerk. Yeah, this guy's like hitting on his girlfriend. He comes over and he's like, hey, man, cut it out. And the guy punches him in the face. Like, <laughs> so he kicks him, knocks him on the ground. He's like, no, I did lose my temper and like break a radio. I shouldn't have done that. But because obviously you watch the old movie and I think it's pretty straightforward when you're a kid. There, it's There's not really a question. Like Donnie's a bully in school and Daniel's a kid who's learning to defend himself but you watch it now from a grown-up point of view and hear the guy tell his side of it and you're like oh yeah no i could get it like you were a jerk and you know that you had a bad attitude but yeah this other kid's a punk <laughs> well and i think well i think it, the show does a really good job of of critiquing something that we see in particularly some older movies where you're you know where the where the movie is sort of telling you how to feel about a protagonist and it does so through like editing and music and stuff like that to say this is this is the good guy mm-hmm. and here is the bad guy rather than kind of letting you draw your own conclusions right and i mean there's been some criticism over the fact that you know there's a lot of movies that they don't 
they don't do enough to show why someone's heroic. They're just sort of relying on the assumption of the audience and, you know, other things to, you know, oh, because because he's on the poster, you know, he's a good guy. And so you just. Right. Well, yeah, it's it's called framing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and Karate and so the, Kid definitely frames it as LaRusso is, is the good guy and he's on being yeah. bullied, even though right. he does so, have clownish. And, right. And so the idea of actions. challenging that and saying, well, do, does his actions actually back up? that yeah you remember kind of thing and it's a very interesting and yeah and it's a very interesting thing to tackle in our current in our current kind of social and political climate where you know issues of truth and who's right and who's wrong you know are kind of always on the table and there's this sort of attitude of like oh just because you're you know oh this is my guy he's the winner therefore he's the good guy and like well but is he you know and so there's yeah. it, it you mm-hmm. know i think it's i think and, it's, it's good it's good credit it's good it's good critical stuff that's going on in this really goofy show about karate in a valley in california yeah and i love i loved that not to get stuck on season one but um i loved again in that first episode our introduction to daniel where the two of them come into contact for like the first time i remember watching it going like wow daniel's a jerk in this show <laughs> i was like, just saying he's a douche yeah he's, just, he's like <laughs> ripping on him he's making fun of him he's humiliating him in front of these people um but then you very quickly get a little bit of that character daniel's character's view like they you know they go into his life some and it's like oh no these are like actual human beings like if yeah. you if you had the kid who made fun of you all through high school and you finally had this moment where you achieve something and then that guy walks into your place. It'd be really hard not to make the comments to be like, oh, yeah, like when I knocked him down on the floor and be mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, man, I couldn't help it. Um, and it just it does a great job. The show removes like what you're talking about, the musical cues of here's a good guy, bad guy, puts these two characters with, in my opinion, very much the same in a good way, very much the same temperaments and issues and like even acting that they had in the original but they put them in the room together and you're like, wait a minute, it's not good guy, bad guy. It's two guys that don't know the best way to do anything. And they're trying to figure it out. My concern, my concern as the show has progressed up until the end of the third season was that I I was worried that Daniel was becoming more and more the main focus of the show and that they were sidelining Johnny as a character or that they were trying to give equal screen time to the two of them and it kind of bugged me because, like, well, the show's Karate Kai. Like, it should be about Cobra Karate Kai. Kai. Um, Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Or, sorry. <laughs> Cobra. Quiet. Uh, Cobra Kai. So great. <laughs> um, so strong, it'll make you walk. I, um, I just, can I just say, though? No, I love that he does that. And then the guy just falls out of bed. And he's like, oh, crap. Nurse. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you felt like a total badass. Um, but what I've come to realize about the show is that it's dealing with that Cobra Kai as an idea is what they're all dealing with, mm-hmm. right? Because it's the one thing that both that all three, Kreese, Johnny, and Daniel have in common. And I think that, and I'm hoping that in this next season of the show, they're going to kind of deal with the fact that Daniel had such a strong reaction to seeing Cobra Kai coming back, not because of its association with Johnny, but because of what it did to him in the third film. What I really find fascinating about the show is all three of them, even the very clear-cut bad guy. We want to talk about how the show, which, by the way, they gave him a backstory. So good, so good. Uh, I I don't I just I didn't I didn't need it though. I thought it was good, but I didn't need it. I didn't. I, I loved it. Darth. I don't need to relate to Darth Vader. 
No, uh, you're right. I, I think you're right. I think, uh, yeah, I think in a lot of cases you're right, but I think because it's television, you can do, you can get away with it. Yeah, but and, I and, liked it. No, and I liked the backstory, but my point is I, I, I want a crease to be crease. Like, I want right. the villain to be the villain because I want to be able to dive into my two characters that are so great with the gray area right now that it's okay to give the gray area the black to fight against. Like, give them the evil, quote-unquote, to fight together because yeah. they're figuring all their own crap out. But um, but what I love is Kreese, Johnny, and Daniel all do what they do for the same reason. Every one of them. But they all have a warped idea, whether good or bad. It's all warped from that idea into these different branches of it's all about standing up and being strong and being able to show the world that I can make it through this. That's where all of them are coming from. Crease is like, you do that by smashing the world around you. If it fights against you, you kill it. You take it down. You strike first. You strike hard. You show no mercy. You keep going till it stops fighting. Right. Um, Johnny's Hustle culture. Learning, yeah, Johnny's learning the, no, there's like the middle ground, the the, you got to beat down the things that are trying to kill you, but everything else we can learn to, you can fight it off and then work to bring it to your side. Where Daniel's like, no, everything can just be brought together. We don't, there is no bad thing. We don't have to fight against and stop the one thing. We just need to bring everything together. And then Cobra Kai pops up again and Daniel's like, oh no, here's a bad thing that needs to stop. We can't yeah. bring this together. It needs to be shut down. Um, Johnny turns into i don't know what good and bad even is anymore i just know that people need to care about each other and we need to survive yeah and crease crease just wants cobra kai to take over the world Um, yeah crease just wants power he wants to be on top again um because cobra kai was like super successful and super popular the greatest Cobra Kai, you know, of course, was the dojo filled with jocks in the original film. Right. And I love that. I love that in the third season, he starts bringing in all the jocks from the first season. <laughs> Which, um, I, that girl was 30 years old. Yeah, she, she has to be. A 30- she's <laughs> the assistant basketball coach of the girls' team. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I didn't know if they were trying to sell her as a teenager. I'm like, that chick is 30. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, she, I didn't even think about that. You're right. Chuck, she was just the coach. She wasn't a student. <laughs> that was a coach. Jake, the joke. I can't steal that joke. The phys ed teacher. <laughs> so, um, oh my goodness. But yeah, yeah, I love the turning it on its head and having Cobra Kai be all the like the quote unquote nerds and geeks and then bringing it back and having well, Crease turn it back into what it was and bring back the jocks and the bullies. Tell me who your favorite new characters are that were introduced throughout Cobra Kai. And okay, Chuck, so, you start start with you with yours. I'll start with Eli, just because, right? Like, I'm a I'm I'm a sucker for the whole like he's a nerd, and then he just learns to flip the you know the whole flip the script concept, and he yeah. rather than you know he just he sort of rolls with it, right? And I love the fact that he uh, he even eventually dyes his mohawk the same color as his as his uh, hair lip, you know. Um, I, I I love his character. I love the I love what they do with him um, in the first season. And then I I was so hurt by the fact that he became such a jerk, yeah, in the second season and is such a jerk for the third season. And then of course got like super stoked about his 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 reverse heel turn uh, mm-hmm. during the home invasion. Even though I don't feel like it was like it was a little too sudden. It probably needs a little bit more fleshing out. Yeah, uh, but I did appreciate it. 
Um, but what I love about Eli is I think he's a really great character to sort of serve as a sort of a commentary on the trajectory of nerds in our society and how nerds went from, you know, we're bullying these kids to now nerds are like kind of scary. Well, yeah, uh, they've, they, they, they've can be empowered to be just as mean as anybody like, else. Yeah. Like yeah. a gamer gate. Yes. Or, you know, capital rioters. Um, <laughs> you know, it's well, that's what? Sort of rednecks. What? That's a different, <laughs> different. but I think um, that small business owners, but I, just, I really do see that, that that arc of like that we've seen with, you know, kids who gravitated to like Dungeons and Dragons and Star Wars and stuff because they had nowhere else to go. And then suddenly feeling entitled to those things. And so then they start bullying people that they think have ruined their 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 Star Wars. I just it's a, it's an interesting arc, right, that, that you don't we don't see as much in pop culture. I think it was important for them to include that arc to show that. It's not just about the nerd becoming cool. Like we also have to be careful when it goes too far. As far as new characters introduced, I'm gonna have to agree with with Chuck. It's Eli. Um, Miguel's character is okay, but I'm. I mean, I like his story and I like how he fits into the show. But as far as a character goes, he's just kind of straightforward, running through the show. You know what I mean? He's a, ironic. He didn't run for a while, but um. He's he's kind of the he's kind of what is the the line that the show is running around running. I don't I can't put my thought together, but you know what I mean. He's the narrative thread. Thank you. Um, I like the kids, like Johnny's son and Daniel's daughter. I can't think of their names, but I like Sam them. and Robbie. I, I like them, and I like what they've done with them so far. But they're the most ster- stereotypical. Like, if you expected the show to have anything, you expected it to have their kids and it to be that kind of a a story playing out. But I do like some of the stuff they've done. I liked the um, anxiety um, storyline that Daniel's daughter had brought into it, where she was dealing with the anxiety over the girl that um, almost Sorry. killed her with the like brass knuckles. I can't do names. I don't know how you do that, but show off. But um, but Eli is definitely the one that's been the most interesting to watch. And he's not even always out front in the show, but you can't help but watch him. Um, and I do agree that they could have done longer on his turnaround. But I also think that there's a lot of subtle, amazing turnaround okay. happening up to that point that made it just as exciting, just as like, yeah... And first of all, I have to sideline for two seconds just to say I love these stupid nonsense Power Ranger level battles we have with these kids everywhere. Um, like this is happening ever. But um, but Eli is a kid who is constantly humiliated, beaten, torn down, made fun of. I mean, he's hit as low as you can get. And then he discovers power like a crease. And he takes off with it and uses that power to to copy what he thinks strength is, what he thinks masculinity is. And he becomes the bully, the jock, the, the show-off, the one who's literally breaking bones just to be like, look how cool I am. And then the second the jocks are introduced back into it and the kids that made fun of him from season one are back, he instantly sees like this error in himself, he starts seeing, wait, this is, I just became that. Um, and I think it's a really cool, an arc to the character to see him turn into the thing he hated most. And then when confronted with 
that thing, he goes, oh, yeah, that's me. Um, I mean, it's very much it's a Luke Skywalker concept. He, he confronted with Vader. He basically becomes a Vader until he fights Vader and turns back into, you know, him. Um, so it's that whole hero's journey thing is is Eli. He's the one who goes through that path of I mean, he finds the he finds the source of power. He conquers it. He becomes one of the best with it and how to wield it and then realizes he's doing it all for the wrong reasons. And um, his heel turn, which I'm sure there's some fun way I could look up a karate kick that's like a back heel kick. But that when he just rethink he's going to I mean, you know, I knew he's going to attack the other guy. I just knew it. But still loved it the second he jumps past the kid and hits the other guy you're just like yeah like jumping up and down um i I thought it was great his character i really do like the way it went i mean my favorite characters hands down are daniel and johnny and it's not because they're daniel and johnny it's because of what the show is doing with them but as far as new characters go eli is by far in my opinion he's the the standout with the storyline he's got and where they've gone with it and He's the character that if they made the new Karate Kid movie, he would have been the center of the entire thing. It would have been that kid. It would be the nerdy kid who becomes the Johnny to turn around and become the in-between that I think they're working toward everybody being. I I mean, I definitely agree with you guys. I think Eli is definitely a standout character. Um, You know, we were talking about framing and stuff, and I think it's interesting that he's... I think in some instances he probably would be the main character, but I think it's interesting that they put him in the position that he's in, which is a bit more peripheral than Miguel, because Miguel has a similar arc. It reminded me of the fact that <laughs> in the first season, early on, Johnny slaps an inhaler out of his hand and tells him yeah. he's not dramatic anymore. <laughs> None of that peanut allergy crap. <laughs> or any more about fake, fake sickness or whatever. Um, yeah, that was funny. But my favorite character is, hands down, Robbie. Um, they give him so much to do, uh, especially since, I mean, he's Johnny Lawrence's son and they give him so much. They give him, uh, a, a, just a lot to explore a lot of space, uh, to take his character. Um, there's so many, uh, uh, moments in his performance that just really resonate with me, you know, from, uh, from trying to hide who he is to trying to hide his feelings to being angry and being angry and and being angry. (laughs) And also apparently becoming good enough to be like a finalist in a karate tournament after like three weeks of training. Yeah. I I mean, he can skateboard kind of good. Right. Best character on the show. Can I say the first season they wrote him as like like he 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 is a character from the nineties. <laughs> he is he would have been like one of the home improvement kids. <laughs> yes. He, he looks like Jonathan Brandis. And he, he has dressed- a Zachary Taylor Thomas uh, quality about him. Yeah, uh. and and he um and the way they have him as a skateboarder and all that stuff, like it's like it's it's like a it's like a nineties corporate like you know, marketing firm is like, all right, we gotta get this, you know, we're gonna get the kids into yeah. this show. So we need, you know, we we gotta get it with some long hair and uh, skateboarder, but he also like steals stuff. 
And yeah, well, I mean, if you're going to make a Karate Kid TV show, you need a bad guy worthy of like a Seventh Heaven episode. So I think he, <laughs> I think he's fine. <laughs> Are we all on the same page that Robbie sucks? Like, I the yeah, thing is, I don't that, that's not entirely suck. his fault. Like, like <laughs> yeah, I don't want him. I don't want him to suck. But they've really underwritten him. Yeah. yeah. I, and they keep giving him the short end of the stick and then, like, not doing anything with it. So you just see this character just constantly abused throughout the entire series. I mean, every show has to have a Jordy LaForge, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, they're sort of setting it up, though, that maybe the fourth season of the show, they'll actually do something with him. Yeah, I think they'll come around. I, I they, they need to at this point. They really need to. And it, um, well, and the other thing is he, he really – it also makes – it also makes Johnny look like just a horrible father. Yeah. Which I guess he is. But right. even like well, I think he attempts it, like trying to care for his kid, he still like drops the ball because like, oh, I got to be at the hospital with Miguel. Drops a soup. But, right. Uh, but he, but he, um, yeah, I think Johnny is a horrible father, but not, not like the horrible father that we're used to in shows where it's the abusive on purpose, like beating his. He's a horrible father who realizes, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible father. Yeah, not but as everything bad as he's trying, But everything he's trying to do to fix it shows up so horrible. Like, my my wife, we watched it, and she said something like, I'm just a little surprised that, like, his son would still be that angry with him. I said, Heather, <laughs> you, I said, Heather you forget at the very end. I was like, Heather, you forget from his point of view. His dad walked into the room, tried to kill his sensei, knocked him out. He's unconscious. And on the floor to see his sensei try to kill his dad, just hear his sensei yeah. threaten him. His point of view is dad knocked me out. He beat my head against a metal locker. Oh, That's like, what I'm talking about, man. Like they just they they need to have him come back because of how much they do to him. Otherwise, I, you're just abusing a character. <laughs> I think I really think season four needs the writers need to hear this. Season four needs to open very much like season one. This like nostalgia looking point of view johnny episode in season one but instead it is seasons one through three from his point of view and it's just him showing up as his dad's being a jerk him going to jail and being bullied and then him getting knocked out at the lockers and waking up and his dad is trying to kill his sensei like we get the whole three seasons from his point of view and that's why he's now like Cobra Kai's star. I want to kill you all character. <laughs> like, right. Just yeah. see well, I mean, how he's, ba- he's basically comatose through seasons one through three and is now awake in this world where everybody else is like, no, we're all together against you. <laughs> well, he's got, he's got, he's got grandpa crease now. Yeah. And pr- probably soon to be a uh, great grandpa, Terry silver. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's going to be great, right? Like little, little Robbie with silver and crease. At his they side, bring, that's gonna be crazy. Their bring ability, too, cool. Their ability to bring back everybody for this show <laughs> constantly astounds me. Like every yeah. time somebody walks onto the screen, I'm like, "How the heck did they pull that off? Where did this person even come from?" Like, oh, I got okay. an idea. Let's get the little girl he saved from the bell during the flood in Karate Kid 2. And no, no, we're not going to bring in some actress and show a flashback and say, this is the little girl. We are going to track down the little girl, and she will be the one who walks into the show. Like, I just, yeah. amazing, amazing. And before I, sorry, Chuck, I'll shut up after this. But can I also say, 
I'm not saying everybody is like earning Oscars here, guys. Let's be no, clear on we've that. established but, that, yeah. But, <laughs> but what I will say is I am impressed at their ability to bring these people back who I haven't seen in anything. I'm sure they're working and stuff, but I haven't like seen them and stuff. And they're not as bad as you would expect them to be having not been on screen. At, you know what I mean? Like I would expect a whole lot worse. And they come out and I'm like, oh, hey, they're all doing pretty good. Like, Well, you know, they don't give them like they don't they're not like I think the writers kind of know. Right. And so yeah, they kind yeah, of no, they're they're, they're writing to their abilities. I think. Yeah, and, and it's a good but thing. I think they're doing. I think they're doing. It's a, a hallmark job. style of writing. They keep, it's... they keep it nice and short, and they give them just what to say. And I think it's working out good. Nobody yeah. is coming across as like, oh my gosh, shut it's, up. It's, just, it's very working. much. I, and I, I, I say this in a good way. It's a hallmark style of writing. Yes. Where it's like we know what our limitations are, and we're going to deliver. And hallmark I, delivers as much as you hate it. Yeah. Or love it. That's it true. delivers. And I think well, Cobra Kai I, delivers in the same way. But in all seriousness, my actual favorite character, because Robbie is not my favorite character. Uh, no. I, I really like Sam. Uh, she's got she's got Buffy energy. Uh, she does. Especially in the third season. Like, I was like, this is, uh, I'm, I'm reminded of, of, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar uh, playing as Buffy and how she was like having to balance this sort of very violent lifestyle as well as having, trying to be like a regular teenager dealing with those issues. Yeah. Well, and, and also trying to be like a leader in a way, cause she kind of took the response, that responsibility. Yeah. And that's what the, the anxiety storyline very much reminded me of JP yeah. is that very much drew on a Buffy sort of vibe. And also, I have to say, there's moments where I'm like, oh, she's trying so hard to act like Sarah Michelle Gellar tried to act in Buffy, too. But, oh, she's sorry, not the same thing that. as me. That's pretty funny. Also, <laughs> I mean, and let's we, we all know. I mean, I, I don't think and I don't think the writers don't know. Don't know this. I, I They have to know that her rivalry with Tori, that's Buffy and Faith energy. Come on. Oh, yeah. That's Tori is, Tori is Faith written i mean it, it all they did was change the name it is faith. there's nothing <laughs> yeah. there's nothing different about tori's character in faith other than it's not a demon that she's partnered with yet it, but it's flat out no question i mean her it's, like even crease like kind of taking her under the under her his wing yeah, like, it's oh, the man, mayor. this is the mayor dude it's like this is so <laughs> yeah, no it's yeah they didn't even try to hide it uh, they literally took a script and scratched off faith and wrote Tori. Yeah, that's and she even has have. she has a weapon of choice, you know, Faith mm-hmm. with her knife, Tori with her Knuckles. psychotic spiked dusters. <laughs> and the come on, the, 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 the like the like showdown battle in the dojo with the nunchucks and the staff and I mean it's <laughs> Buffy. Okay. That scene belongs in Buffy. Chuck Chuck uh Chuck wants to field this real quick. I, I just I just wanted to I just wanted to say She's psycho. They show her as a psycho. <laughs> yeah. She's in a dojo. She looks around and she grabs a pair of nunchucks. Yeah. <laughs> the next the next shot, there are swords behind her. Let's say of all your options. Hey man. Hey man. I've heard that put in the right hands, nunchucks can be the most like extremely deadly thing. So Back off, dude. I mean, I'm sure, no doubt, but I'm just, I'm just saying, for her to hit herself in the face or something. But (laughs) I'm just saying, it was funny that of all the weapons she could have grabbed, somebody who has already shown a proclivity toward bladed weapons 
uh, foregoes yeah. the obvious sword and instead uses. Yeah, but that's because she's so psycho. She is going to beat her to death with blunt well, objects. Okay, okay, okay. So you like that? See? So yeah. uh, I wait, made, did... I made that up right now. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't. She didn't show up in the end. Uh, Miyagi, though, did she? Tori. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. So do you think she and Robbie are going to have a thing? Area, no. Oh yeah. That's going to be. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's, I it's a. It's a. JP, it's it's a love a quadrangle. Yeah. There's, no, there's going to be a faith storyline with her, and she's going to have a tragic, maybe not death in this show, but she's going to have a tragic ending because she is the faith character. She's the one that now has been betrayed by everybody. She's pure evil as far as the show goes. She's run off on her own. She's going to come back as this like end-all, be-all bad thing they have to fight, and it's going right. to end... It's going to end tragic for her one way or another. I, my guess is with this show, it's going to end with her in jail. But um, but yeah, because they make too much about the whole juvenile hall and all that stuff. I guess, but she, if they do that to her, I mean, poor poor thing. Yeah. Oh, like. Well, I mean. She, well, I mean, it's faith. You know, she's about to be sexually exploited by like her landlord. Oh, God. She's a yeah. teenager. Yeah, it was pretty satisfying to watch Kreese like just rail into him. Oh, yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I am getting sort of flashbacks of when they told Buffy, like, no, you have to murder Faith. <laughs> like, is that is Sam going to be charged with like you have to like you have to be the crap out of Tori like right away? Um, or else we're all well, dead. It's, it's all coming down to the tournament. Remember <laughs> the next one? It's all about the tournament. That's that's true. Yeah. All right. So I have a question for you guys, and maybe this can be sort of the last act of our of our thing. And yeah, because Matt I have and I. Time. Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, do you guys think that Cobra Kai could ever be a force for good? Uh, is this whole thing supposed to end with like Johnny and Daniel teaching Miyagi-Do karate or with them coexisting? Or, I mean, how, how can Cobra Kai be Cobra Kai without being evil? Like the name? And I know you yeah, mean... Well, I mean, the name, the name of the show I is Cobra mean, Kai, so I'm... Right. I'm, I'm I mean, I'm, I know... Yeah, I know you mean more than the name, but I mean, yeah. do you? Do, it does. Can the end result even literally be called Cobra Kai? Is the question. Yeah. Or yeah. does it have to be called something else? Because the idea of Cobra Kai is such a big thing. Can it right. be redeemed? Yeah. Can or, it be a force for good? Or is it? Or would it be like trying to call a stormtrooper the new superhero? Like. So, I mean, essentially, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cobra Kai is seen as like super aggro, and you, you hit first, ask, ask questions later. Like, I mean, can Cobra I, Kai can can Cobra Kai and Miyagi Do coexist? Well, I think the I think the whole harmony. I mean, I think the whole thesis of the show is about rehabilitating Cobra Kai. So I think that's kind of what they're going for. It, Cobra Kai is the one thing that Daniel and Johnny have in common because they've both been parts of Cobra Kai. And so the question of can they incorporate something, you know, because because even like this season showed that Daniel learned there's more to Miyagi-Do than what Miyagi taught him. And there might actually be kind of a darker element to it. Right. Um, And so it makes, you know, we still haven't seen what's in that scroll. Yeah. That uh, chosen yeah. game. But yeah, I, so I think that, you know, you, you the, the, anyway, the, the, the show is setting up this confrontation with and showing that Johnny and that Daniel and Johnny are able to kind of move past their rivalry, which sets up this interesting thing of does yeah does Cobra Kai disappear with the defeat of Crease? 
in which case, you know, the show is called Cobra Kai. So how do you, right. you call it Cobra Kai if it if Cobra Kai doesn't exist? So I um um I mean I don't I don't know. I I I there's a part of me that wants to see Daniel maybe even embrace the reality that Cobra Kai can be re- rehabilitated that it's better if it learns a little bit of what Miyagi has to teach or something but probably yeah like maybe there is something Johnny could learn from Miyagi's sort of darker side I guess of Miyagi do maybe we'll find out that Kreese's sensei was part of Miyagi do well uh they he wasn't uh Kreese's sensei I think was the same sensei as well, was as uh, Terry Silver's and Terry Silver learned his uh, form of his Cobra Kai originates from a form of South Korean martial arts. So, which would be Taekwondo, not karate. I guess so. I don't. I don't. I don't remember the specifics, but I know. So I, wait, wait, I wait. So you're ta- okay. So we got to connect with Korean martial arts now. Yeah. Does that mean? Does that mean Dragon Sound is showing up? That's that's really <laughs> Yeah. Um, so what do you, what do you think, Matt? What is, how do you feel about that? Short answer? No. Hmm. But that's because I don't think as far as the way the story is going, as far as the way the world is being built and kind of honestly, as far as what I want to see from it, I don't think Miyagi-Do or Cobra Kai can exist. Both of them have become, in the minds of the two main characters, both of them have become so far one way or the other that they've forgotten the whole point. Um, and it's become, I mean, let's let's see, how can I put this in a way that makes sense? Let's call one the right and one the left. And hmm. it's like they've gone so far right and left that they forgot that we're actually trying to accomplish something here. Um and I think that Daniel has allowed Miyagi-Do to become this, like, perfection in his head. And Johnny has seen that Cobra Kai was broken. And to him, that was the way that, like, saved his life. Um, and I think that both of them need to be, in a way, broken apart so that something new can come out of it that joins the two together because like daniel's learning now that even his perfect world where no my karate is just defense and it's all about taking care of people it's like well yeah but defense sometimes means that somebody was trying to kill these people during war and they learned ways to take out an enemy like it's not this all happy hug people thing like he had in his head um which is funny because i mean he's beating people up but you know what i mean to him it was all he was like the aggressive fighting pacifist in some weird way. <laughs> like, it's like to him, it was all, he, he was perfect. He was, he was the good guy. He's here for the just right moral reasons. And he fights to stand up for justice and truth in the American way. Um, and he's finding out, no, fighting is fighting. And the question isn't like, am I this perfect happy go? The question is if you're fighting, you better know why and what you're fighting for. And you better believe in what you're doing, or it doesn't matter what you think the ideal situation is. If you're just fighting, you're part of the problem. Um, And they're joining these two worlds together, finding out that 
you know, there are people that have been beaten down and crushed and stepped on in ways that Daniel being bullied in high school doesn't add up to. And to see that those people can't be reached with his his view on how, like, no, you need to just kind of, it's kind of like the turn, the, not, not to take something that is good, but it's kind of how we've warped the concept of, like, turn the other cheek. Daniel's become like, a, just let him hit you. And... You know, just take one for the team and keep going because we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, no, there's power in the concept to turn the other cheek. And it's also a form of standing up and fighting against the evil that's causing it. It doesn't mean to be the pushover, the knockdown. And Daniel, even though he wanted to win and be the tournament winner and kick butt, he kind of became like in a weird way this like so good, it's not good concept. Mm -hmm. Um because somebody like a Johnny, it's it's like a holier than thou karate, and somebody like a Johnny is like he's outside of it. You're, you you'll never be good enough to reach my level because I'm Miyagi Do karate, right? Um, and we're on a higher plane than you. And Johnny's like, nah, you know, I dug my way out of the gutter, and what I'm finding out is the gutter's filthy, and somebody needs to do something about it, and the two need to come together. And I don't think Miyagi Do or Cobra Kai are the answer i think that final scene in three that gave me goosebumps is where it needs to go and i'm sorry but it's not eagle thing even though i love that about it. <laughs> so why did that scene give you give you goosebumps well, i mean aside from the goosebumps? in the air tonight cover uh <laughs> yeah oh come on <laughs> nailed it by the way my son would not stay in bed one night and it was driving us nuts because we wanted to watch a show and especially season three since netflix took over and but i can't exactly let my like seven-year-old son sit on the couch and watch it right you know um so we were like buddy you gotta go to bed and he's like why we said we want to watch our show it's like 10 30 at night mommy and daddy should be allowed to watch our show what are we watching we're watching like a new karate kid i want to see it i was like no buddy you can't watch this one but i said but i tell you what you go to bed now I will find part that I can show you so you can see what it looks like when Karate Kid grew up and they're fighting. Um, so I found a scene where they, you know, where one of the first fights where Daniel and Johnny are in his apartment, which, by the way, running gag that his stinking TV gets broken every time he fights. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're in the apartment. It's doing like the cut between the tournament and them fighting. So it was like the perfect one to show him because it was going mm -hmm. back and forth, showing the younger whatever. So at the end, and then I was like, oh, and you got to see this. And I showed Bond the last scene just because I want an excuse to see it again and goosebumps again. And um, it ends and Bond's like, oh, so like that's when in, in when I saw the movie before they weren't like getting along, like they were fighting a few minutes ago on the in the tournament. But now they're friends or they're going to join together. And it's like nobody they've been fighting for 30 years <laughs> i was like <laughs> daddy's entire life has been these two characters are enemies these two characters are one side and the other these two characters can't coexist it's johnny versus daniel it's the karate kid beating up the guy at the end it's put him in a body bag and he gets a crane kick to the face yeah. for 30 years and now that scene where they walk out and bow to each other and I got goosebumps. I was like, I'm 36 years old, soon to be 37, and my entire life, that scene should never have been able to happen. And to see it happen gave me goosebumps. I don't know, it just did. It Notice worked. They nailed it. 
notice that when they bow to each other, though, they don't lower their eyes to each other. I don't know. No, well, you don't. You don't look away from your enemy. You get kicked That's right. in the face. We learned that, too. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, no, but I think that's where... Uh, it, it, that's what is the beauty of the show and why I think that Miyagi-Do and Cobra Kai can't, can't exist. There needs to be something new. Is exactly that. It's the two characters realizing, you know what, we, we both are here for a reason we're in this together we're gonna fight we got each other's back but we also realize that like you know there's there's history there there's still Mm -hmm. it's not like you just pretend it didn't happen it's not happy go lucky (laughs) yay it's not miyagi though no we're best friends and i love you no it's like no we still have a long way to go um, so 37 years, we bowed to each other by choice, not for a tournament, for the first time, as a sign of respect toward each other. But I'm not taking my eyes off you. Um, so it shows there's still a long way to go. And I thought that even that, they nailed it. I mean, the looks on their face, you could take it as these cheesy trying to be tough. It's not the way I saw it. It's these actors did, I thought, a great job of the looks on their face being kind of like uncomfortable. And I don't know if we can do this. I don't know if this is where we should be. Yeah. I don't know if I want to show you that I trust you or if I want to kick you in the face. And they keep these like straight expressions on their face and bow to each other, but won't look. I mean, they don't even blink much less away from each other. Uh, I think we're coming to an end. Um, I think we just kind of get into some, some final thoughts and I'll, I'll go, I'll just say, you know, I, I really love the show. Um, I think it's sort of exemplary of like why I like TV. I don't, I'm becoming more and more disillusioned. It has to do with the fact that I started watching the Sopranos, but I'm coming more and more disillusioned with this idea of like prestige television. And so to watch something that relies just strictly on like this good storytelling and the entertainment factor, something that's just like coming to meet me instead of coming to see me and not trying to be like overly cinematic is like a, a, a breath of fresh air to me. And I do think that they are kind of doing what Lord and Miller did with 21 jump street, which is that there's a bit, a bit of self-awareness, a bit more humor, even though they do take itself more seriously (laughs) than 21 jump street did. Um, but I I'm, I'm really like the characters. I like having fun. And it, it does kind of remind me of Buffy um, and that it's sort of about finding a, a kind of strength that you can use to self-actualize and to kind of discover who you are in the grand scheme of things. And I think that's I feel like that's sort of the 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 the, the, the direction that like the two dojos are going to go and that they're going to find out that like they Either they coexist or merge into one. They find that they have their own goals that are above, like, being at war with each other. <laughs> you know? Mm. Whether it's teaching the ag- the aggressive kids to be more peaceful or the more peaceful kids to be a little bit more uh, daring. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I like it. And I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. And uh, I hope that it doesn't get, like, too drawn out. Like I like we've mentioned in one episode about how uh, endings need to make a comeback. I I kind of I'm kind of hoping that season four is either the end or close to the end. Yeah, 
And those writers. The, the writers have said, I think they have material up through season four or season five. Yeah, I, I've heard about that. I heard that too. And if you, given Netflix's tra- uh, tra- uh, traditions and trajectory, that would be the third season of Netflix Cobra Kai. And Netflix tends to cancel things after their third season. So I think there's a good shot that they that they are building toward an ending. Uh, what do you think, Chuck? What are your closing thoughts? Um, I mean, you know, so pleasantly surprised at how well they've handled it and every year the way they've handled it. What, what would be interesting to see is if they do come to some sort of agreement and, you know, the, the whole thing I want to see ultimately is Johnny and Daniel setting aside this thing and learning to actually be friends. Because some of the best moments in the show is when they're hanging out together and when they're not fighting each other and they're actually buds. It's a, it's pretty decent. Um, I love that. And that's what I want to see. Like, I ultimately want to see them as friends and so that means then, though, that if they that they have to that that means putting it into at least Kreese's version of Cobra Kai and whether or not sort of everybody gets merged into Cobra Kai and a rebranded identity of Cobra Kai with um, Johnny. But what ultimately would mean then is that a new some kind of new threat would have to emerge. And that could be kind of interesting to then take it to a place where something, you know, in like if they're, if, you know, a final season where they actually deal with something wholly with, different. With Tori and Daniel's son. Daniel's son, not Daniel's son. <laughs> <laughs> Go um, ahead. But it's exciting and, it, and it's, and it's fun. Like it's, it's fun. It's nerdy fun. And they have managed to mine this franchise to be way more rich than I ever thought it could be in terms of like characterization and depth and stuff. Um, but at the same time, I think I agree with you, JP. They, they do such a good job of being self-aware enough that, you know, they'll have, you know, characters like Amanda LaRusso comment on just how ludicrous the fact that her husband has a karate rivalry is. Yeah. And I, I do love how like peripheral characters will be like, why is this town so obsessed with karate? Yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, as, I, and as I, I say it every time I watch the show, it's so much better than it deserves to be. Um, and that it, I'm just I think I like it. I think I like it more based off of the simple fact that I'm surprised at how good it's turned out to be. Like, I just enjoy being surprised at how good a show it is because it really shouldn't work. The way it does. But it does. It's awesome. So. It really shouldn't work at all. Let's be honest. Like when somebody said they're going to bring back any form of Karate Kid other than a reboot, which I'm not wanting in the first place, but to actually bring it back in some way. No, it's that sounded like a horrible idea. I was excited and loved it. And then I saw that clip and was, like I said, falling in love. And but no, I think the self-awareness thing is something that is absolutely central in the reason that this show is what it is. Because I think it's more self-aware than we even realize because I think that it makes fun of itself in the right moments. It is over the top in ways that are obviously over the top and yet it pulls it off um, by kind of accentuating the ridiculousness of the situation. Like if we're going to have kids have a fight scene in a house, it's going to be like cartoon like they like they're showing you we know this is this is ridiculous like it's it's not the like oh we're going to shoot this dramatically it's like no this is shot like a scene out of any great like 80s like Schwarzenegger action movie like um 
it's or John Claude Van Damme, I should say. Um, but I, I think that it's aware it's in on the joke, but it knows not to make a joke of it. So they pull off this weird in between where they've got these moments, like you said, an excellent thing is to have the outside characters who are filling in for us have the outside characters constantly making comments about like, what's the deal with this karate tournament? Why does anybody care? Um, why are these two grown men still having like karate rivalries? Like, um, I even like the, the, the brother and she's like, what are you gonna have a motorcycle gang try to kill him and get beat up again? Like, like it's just, they, they're constantly calling out how stupid this whole thing is. Yeah. And yet, and yet they do it in a way that's not like, it's not, it's not from a place of being mean. It's a place of like, even the way it's written is just, no, that's why we love this. It's cornball, cheesy fun. And then they found a way to inject this depth and storyline to it that was unexpected. And it actually has a sincerity and a depth that's in the, in the show while it's all just like this cornball fun. Like, it's just, they just they did a great job. It, it is like I said it earlier. It is nostalgia in all the right ways. It is an '80s action movie with a modern day storyline, and yet they pulled off both. Like they're not trying to be a cheesy '80 movie and make it deep. They actually are a deep show that's filmed and shot like a cheesy '80s movie. Yeah, yeah. It definitely has 80s sensibilities, and, I, and they're definitely leaning into it, and that's what I think sets it apart from a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I mean, they're, I mean, it's, they play on all sorts of ways. I mean, the fights are in high school and the mall. Like, <laughs> yeah, the mall is not, oh God. the mall's not the thing anymore, but they made it the thing again. We're going to have a showdown in the mall food court. Like, it, it's just, it's stranger things, but even, and dare I say, done better like yeah oh, I would, as far I as the nostalgia aspect done better and it's what night what wonder woman 1984 got so wrong i was gonna say and that's that's what's sort of hitting the pleasure centers of my brain is watching fights break out in a mall or in a house mm-hmm. or like in the, in the parking lot because it brings me back to buffy and it made me realize yeah, how much i miss the spontaneous fights at like a coffee shop or something yeah yeah it's it's the karate equivalent of a musical it's like yeah high school musical instead of bursting into song they just break out in these like battles to the death like, like scott pilgrim um, yeah yeah like scott pilgrim oh what a great movie too we got to talk about that sometime but um but yeah i know i think the show final thought because i'm going on way too long i think the show somehow nailed it and i agree with both of you as much as i don't want an ending because i hate to like give up your favorite food or your favorite dessert I think it needs it, and I'm hoping I'm hoping for two more seasons. So I'm hoping Chuck's theory is right and that he heard right, because the tournament we know is the next season. I don't want to end on the tournament. That's how it would. That that just seems like it would be too expected. Like okay, yeah, yay tournament. Um, I kind of want to see. Just show me. We we've had all these years without it, and you built this great world so show me where it's going to go you don't have to tie up everything but show me where it's going to go and give me a good ending um maybe it's gonna be a global turn and then leave it alone yeah like a world the final level. season's a world tour so but i love bad news bears love where they've gone yeah the olympics um 
it'll be karate in the but I love what they've done with it. I love where it's gone. I hope it goes somewhere good and then I hope it ends before they become just nostalgia because so far they've managed to give you all the nostalgia moments you want but totally update it and the mall's the perfect example like they give you exactly what you want he goes back to the town but they show you yeah but let's be honest the town's a mall now um (laughs) they give you the girlfriend coming back but yeah let's be honest they're not going to wind up together but they give you her back and give you they her being the one with the insight and the depth and offering the characters an answer but then not trying to force in some further storyline they just gave you the nostalgia but took it somewhere new. We hope you are all watching. I mean, I mean, I hope you're watching Cobra Kai because we just spoiled the crap out of it for you. Um, but uh, you know what? It's not spoiled. Watch it anyway. You'll yeah. still love it, and you'll still get goosebumps. Yeah, it's still great. Um, I think when season four comes around, we should just like talk about uh, just focus on the Karate Kid movies. Yeah, next Karate Kid episode is all the next Karate Kid. <laughs> I That's dude, totally I, you you missed my next Karate Kid tirade. I did miss it, but I totally. That's I mean, we got the title already. It's the next Karate Kid, and then small episode. The, so it's the next Karate Kid episode, and we'll have Hillary Swank as a guest. It'll be great. Yeah, she just brings no, the, hawk. the hawk. We don't need her. We need the hawk. <laughs> but that'd be cr- we just have to, this. Just the hawk won't shut up. So we're trying to talk in the background the whole time. It'll be great. Yeah. It'll be good. Okay. So that's all for this week. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Please uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. I believe there's a bell that should be rung. If you want to get notifications, um, leave a comment. Uh, check and, out our uh, Patreon. Yeah. And, and also don't forget to Mel Ame, Rice Candy, <laughs> the rapper that melts in your mouth. Yep, that's it. That's our new sponsor. Um, uh, go to go go to Amazon. I'm sure you can find it there. <laughs> um, thank you for listening and watching. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you again soon. Good journey. Good journey. Good journey. <laughs>